support it. All right. Hold your Bible up. Hold it up real high. Repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for Word of Truth Family Church and what you're doing at this time. Thank you for an open heaven where angels are ascending and descending, where miracles are taking place, where lives are being changed, where people are being born again. And, and Father, we thank you that we won't take lightly what you're doing in this church and through this church and for this church. And so as I step back now, I thank you for using me to minister to your people And I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word because Jesus always confirms his word with signs following. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I read a story uh, recently about a person who decided to make new friends. This is what they wrote. I'm trying to make friends outside of Facebook while applying the same principles of Facebook. Therefore, every day I walk down the street and I tell passerby people what I've eaten, how I feel at the moment, what I did the night before, and what I will be doing later and whom I'm going to do it with. I give them pictures of my family and my dog, of me gardening and taking things apart in my garage and watering my lawn and standing in front of landmarks and driving around town and having lunch and doing what everybody else does every day. I also listen to their conversations as they walk around every day. I give them a thumbs up and tell them I like them. And it works just like Facebook. I already have four people following me. Police officers, two of them, a private investigator, and a psychiatrist. (laughs) So we're starting a new series entitled Antisocial. Antisocial, and the anti is crossed out. And the whole thought behind this series is to help you and I understand, watch this, the process behind what it takes to connect to people for real, and then understand that the more than abundant life that Jesus died for us to have will only be experienced, listen to this, through our connection to him and others. God did not create us or design us to do life alone. So if you're taking notes, our title is Antisocial, and I have a subtitle if you want to write it down, and it is Connecting in a self obsessed world, connecting in a self-obsessed world. And so uh, uh, our primary scripture is going to come from Matthew, uh, I mean Genesis chapter 2 verse 16. So if you're taking notes, you can put it there. And uh, what I want to do up front is just kind of give you some statistics of 
of what social media is doing to our culture. All right? So you don't have to write any of these down, but here are some stats that I think you need to be aware of. Here's the first one. Fans of social media may say that all of the posting and liking helps them connect with others. But a new study finds that spending more time on social media and social media platforms is actually linked to a higher likelihood of feeling isolated socially. Let me give you the second stat. And this is uh, under social isolation. Researchers have defined social isolation as a lack of sense of belonging, a lack of true engagement with others. This is what social isolation means. It has been linked, this social isolation has been linked to an increased risk of illness and death, according to the study. Here's number three. It turns out that people who are reported spending more time or the most time on social media, more than two hours a day, are twice or have twice the odds of, watch this, perceived social isolation than those who spend half that time on social media. And then here's the last one that I have added. The deception of social media and even the Internet is this. Being connected to it, it seems as if it keeps you connected when in reality it's only keeping you informed. I'm going to say that again about social media and the Internet. The deception is that it's keeping you connected when in reality it's really just keeping you informed. And this is the lie that I believe the devil is selling to a lot of Christians. Because this is where people say, well, I don't have to go to church. Because I can just stream church. I can just watch church on TV. I can just watch it on YouTube. I can just cut on the TV and watch my favorite preacher. But the lie is that it might connect you to God, but in reality, it's really informing you about God. And so you may be learning, watch this, but you're not connected to the body to properly grow. And so one of the things I'm going to show you today is how important it is for you and I to connect to the church, to connect to the body, watch this, to connect to real people. Because a lot of you, you're connected to a computer. And you're not, they're even having now jobs, 40, I think it was 42% of jobs these days offer you the ability to stay home and work from home. So our culture is moving more toward uh, things and not people. Say amen to that. So I'm going to, what we're going to do is go back to the original relationships that God created, and we're going to see how we can learn from it. So we're going to look in Genesis chapter 2, and what we're about to discover is why God created more than one human being. I know a lot of us think that God created Eve for Adam to have a wife, but there's more than one reason why God created more than one human being. In Genesis chapter 2, It says, and the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat from that tree, you shall surely, what class? You shall surely die. Watch verse 18. 
And the Lord God said, read it with me. It is not good that the man should be alone. I want to say that again. It is not good that the man should be alone. Let's do that one more time. It is not good that the man should be alone. And so this is what God said. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Let me just throw this out. He didn't say I will make him a slave. He said a helpmeet. Amen. Okay, so if you need a helpmeet, men of God, that means you have to be doing something to get some help. I'll just throw that out there. So watch this. This is the first time God said that something he created wasn't good. So I want to do this. I want to go and show us some, some, uh, some things that God said after he created things in Genesis. I want us to look at his response, and then we're going to come back to Genesis uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 18, or 2.18. Watch verse now, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God, everybody saying the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And watch what it says in verse 3. And God said, let there be what? Light. And then what's the next four words? And it was, huh? Well, I said, and let there be light and there was light. And then it says, and it was good. Everybody say, it was good. Look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 10. It says, and God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called he the seas. And God saw that it was what? That it was what? That it was good. So, so far, God is looking at what he created and he's saying, hey, that's good. Look now at Genesis 1:12. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. Read it with me. And God saw that it was, and it was what? And it was good. Look in Genesis 1:18. And to rule over the day and to rule over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was what? It was good. Genesis 1.21. And God created the wells and every living creature that moves, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every winged fowl after his kind. Read it with me. And God saw that it was, and it was good. Now let's go back to verse 18 that we read earlier. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. So here we are. God was creating things. And after everything he created, he said, oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. But then when he got to man and he saw that man was alone, say alone. When he saw that man was alone, this is the first time he said, oh, this is not good. So let me just tell you up front. It is not good to be alone. Now, see, some of y'all going, well, that's why I want to get married, Pastor. But see, you understand that you're misunderstanding what alone means. Amen. The word alone doesn't just relate to the man getting a spouse. Let me give you the definition. The word alone means to be apart. It means to be separated and to be isolated. In fact, the actual Hebrew word for this word alone is our English word bad, B-A-D. 
So it's bad to be alone. Look at your neighbor and say, it's bad to be alone. So what I want to do is show you another verse that uses a different English word but has the same Hebrew word, bad. It's in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 5. And here's why I'm doing this. I want you to get a, a photo in your mind of what it means, first of all, to be alone or isolated or separated. Because if you don't see that properly, you won't see the need to connect with others. 1 Kings 18, verse 5, it says, And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all the fountains of the water, and unto all the brooks, and perhaps we may find some grass to save these horses and these mules alive, that we may not lose all the beasts. So verse 6, he says, So they divided the land between them to pass throughout. Ahab went one way, What's the next part? By himself. See the word by himself? It's the same word alone. When he says, you know, it is not good that man should be alone. So we can also translate to mean it is not good for man to be by himself. And then it says, and Obadiah went another way. How? By himself. Same Greek word, I mean Hebrew word, the word bad. Not by himself or by himself, meaning isolated. So... We can translate Genesis 1.18 by saying, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be separated, alone, and isolated. And here's the sad thing. You can experience being separated, alone, and isolated, and still be married. Amen. So why is it not good for us to live our lives isolated or disconnected from people? Here is why. It's because God created us to grow when we're connected. I'm going to say that again. God created us to grow when we're connected. And this is why a lot of people spiritually and even emotionally stop growing or don't grow properly because they're trying to do it by themselves. When God created us, watch this now, to grow when we're connected. And so we don't properly grow when we're not connected. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 shows us that growth comes with connection. Everybody say growth comes with connection. Now I know some of you who have these, you know, uh, personalities where I want to be by myself. And you know, that's okay for small periods of time, but you weren't designed to be by yourself. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 says this, and I'm reading out of, I don't, I don't know what verse I put here, I think it's the King James, but if not, you'll just have to read the version I have. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So who is the head of the body, the church? Okay, so if Christ is the head of the body, then we must be the body that's connected to that head. So look in verse 16. It says, He, Jesus, makes the whole body, that's us, fit together perfectly as each part of the body does its own special work. It helps, watch this, here's the the answer. It helps the other parts to do what? Grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full love. In other words, as a body, we have been designed to help each 
part of the body grow. So if I'm, if I'm not connected to the body properly, then I'm not going to grow like I should. So what does it mean to be connected? Okay, Because some of you think that being connected means to go to church. And that's part of connection. But that's only one piece of it. And here's the thing. I'm just going to throw this out here and I want you to wrestle with this. You must see being connected as a necessity and not an option or you won't do it. Okay, I'm going to say it again. You and I, we must see connection. Say connection. We must see connection to people and the body. We must see that as a necessity and not an option because if we see it as an option, we won't do it. It's, it's almost like to this day, I would think electricity is a necessity. Would you agree? Now, even though we could probably get away without it, it would be a, you would have a very difficult life if you tried to live this life in America without electricity. So just like you and I need electricity, we don't choose electricity as an option. It's a necessity. I can prove it to you. That's why you pay your electricity bill. Because it's a necessity. Well, you and I must treat connection the same way. Because if not, we'll treat it as an option. Now, there are different types of connections that I'm going to talk about. And these connection points that I'm going to talk about are actually part of the vision here at Word of Truth Family Church. And I'm not, so I'm not just telling you uh, to get connected or to be connected without telling you how. And those of you who are new members here at Word of Truth Family Church, it's going to help you get a glimpse of why we do what, we're, what, what we do. So I want everybody, if you know, to say the vision of Word of Truth Family Church, and then we're going to, get, we're going to keep going. So the vision of Word of Truth Family Church is to know Christ and to, and to make Him known. So what I'm going to do now is show you what the different connection points are here at Word of Truth Family Church. This is what we preach. This is what we teach. And this is what we believe. So the first connection point, everybody say the first connection point. The first connection point here at Word of Truth Family Church is we're going to know Christ personally. That's the connection point. And this is the first and foremost important connection point for a person's life period. Why? Because it's the only way and it's the only way we're going to know God through Jesus Christ. You cannot know God without connecting through Jesus Christ personally. Amen. And so the only way that we're going to connect to the body of Christ is to know Jesus Christ personally. And when we do that, we connect to God. And this is where we discover, watch this, who we are and what our various giftings, talents, and abilities are. This is why a lot of people go through life and they feel unfulfilled because they don't, they haven't either discovered who they are in Christ Jesus, or they have not discovered what their various talents, giftings, abilities are that God has given them through Christ Jesus. See, I would have never uh, been fulfilled in my life had I not connected to Jesus Christ because my connection to Jesus Christ is what led me to do what I'm doing today, and that is preach the gospel. So my fulfillment in life is coming through me preaching the gospel. But me preaching the gospel only came about through my connection through Jesus Christ. And once I connected to him, God began to expose to me what my calling is and what my gifting, talents, and abilities are. Are you with me? All right. So 
We're going to know Christ personally. And that does a couple of things. Number one, it connects us to eternal life. And that's why, you know, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So our connection to Jesus Christ gives us eternal life. But our connection through Jesus Christ personally also connects us to our new identity. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. One version says he's a new creation. And then this is what it says for those of you who are wrestling with your past. He says, old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. So when you and I connect to Jesus Christ personally, of course, eternal life is part of that. But also as part of that is my new identity. And this is why you got to get in the word. Because once you start getting in the word, you find out who you are. And once you find out who you are, you discover who you're not. So all those names that people called you before you got saved, dummy, slow, ugly, fat, skinny, whatever name they called you, they don't apply no more because I'm not that person no more. Someone say amen to that. So we're going to connect and we're going to do that through knowing Christ personally. Here's the second thing here at Word of Truth we're going to do. When it comes to connection, we're going to grow in Christ internally. Now, this connection point can be done in various ways. See, God's Word makes it clear that the key to growing spiritually comes from knowing and growing in His Word. You cannot grow as a believer without the Word of God. And this is why at this church our focus is the Word. You can't just come and eat a snack on Sunday and it lasts you all week. You know what? I want you to try something. I want you to try something. After you go to church on Sunday, like today, don't eat no more till you ate spiritually. In other words, you can't eat no natural food until you have first eaten some spiritual food. See, some of y'all going to come in, y'all going to lose like 25 pounds in one week. I mean, what would happen if we only ate physical food once we ate some spiritual food? Man, we would have either some spiritual giants in this place or we would have some very anemic people in this place, right? So we're going to grow in Christ internally. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1 says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envies and all evil speakings, watch verse 2, as newborn babies... That's what he's comparing us to. He says, desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? That you may what? What does it say? That we may grow. So the word helps us to grow. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18 says this. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So what am I growing in? I'm growing in the Word. I'm growing into my knowledge uh, to Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's that knowledge that's going to help me live a successful life as a believer. So we're going to grow in Christ internally. And so here's some ways that we grow internally here at the church. Here's the first one. These are ways that we grow internally. The first one is just through personal study. You got to do that. Here's why I know, you know, one of my best friends came to me after the funeral and he said, Evan, 
I don't think I could have preached my dad's funeral. He said, man, you did an amazing job. And, 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 and I'm not saying he doesn't have this perspective, but here is what helped me to do that because my perspective is different. I have a biblical perspective when it comes to death. The Bible says that we should not grieve as other people who are unsaved grieve because we have hope. And the hope is that one day we will see the person again. So, so when we came in on Friday to celebrate my dad's home going, and most people, they call it, they came to see, you know, the, uh, uh, to pay their last respects. Well, he wasn't there. He's gone. He's somewhere in glory, wondering why we're looking at a dead body. Amen. So personal study. And this is where I've learned a lot of things about the Bible. That This is personal study is what helped me stop cussing. I know y'all still cuss. I mean, not all of y'all, but, but, but see, I still have, I know some preachers that still cuss, so I know y'all still cuss. I mean, I, I can't imagine still cussing because I don't have a filter. What's going to come out is going to come out. So I could just imagine if I was still cussing that I would accidentally cuss while I'm preaching. No, no. When I was growing up, you know, uh, uh, we used to be like the, the Waltons and we would sit around the table every dinner day, every dinner. You know, wasn't no TV and games and all that. No, no somebody eating over here. No. no, we all ate at the same table at the same time. We ate dinner every night. And so, you know, uh, it depends on whose day it was to say the, to say the grace. You said the grace. And then you had to just go around the, the table and share maybe something that was good or that happened that day. And uh, I'll never forget one day, I'm, it's my turn, you know. And I don't remember if I was high or not. I, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. But, but as I was talking to... Uh, my family, I cussed, right? But I didn't know I cussed. And it was so smooth, my parents didn't catch it. And my sister kicked me under the table. And I'm like, why is she kicking me? So afterwards, I was like, why did you kick me? Because you cussed, right? So what helped me to stop cussing is putting this word in me. Everybody say personal study. All right. Here's a second way we grow here at Word of Truth Family Church. It's through church attendance. All right. See, you have to plant yourself properly before you can connect. Now, Psalm 92 verse 12, one of my favorite verses, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted where? Not on their computer. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall do what? Flourish in the courts of our God. Watch what happens. They shall still bring forth fruit in their old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. So one of the things that we do to connect here at Word of Truth Family Church is to grow internally. We have, we come to church. Here's number three. Let me just say this, church attendance is necessary if you desire to grow. You cannot properly grow without coming to church. 
Now you say, well, Pastor Edmund, you're just trying to get me to come to church. I am. I am. Why? Because there were three things they told me to do when I first got saved. I didn't know nothing. You have to understand, I grew up Presbyterian. Nothing bad against the Presbyterians because I'm still a Presbyterian in my heart. But see, I didn't learn nothing when I was a Presbyterian. And the good thing is, because I didn't learn really nothing about the Bible, when I started learning the Bible, I just believed what I read. See, because some people, y'all gotta, some of y'all got to undo some bad teaching that you got. And that's why you wrestle with what I teach you. Well, growing up, growing up Presbyterian, you know, hey, I didn't know nothing. So I remember reading the New Testament for the first time, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I thought they killed Jesus four times. I'm like, my God, how many times are they going to kill him? I didn't know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John said the same thing. Some of y'all are getting it. It's real slow, but you're getting it, though. But see, they told me to go to church, pray, and read my Bible. That's what, so that's what I did. So church attendance. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Listen to what it says. It says, I don't know what version I used. I normally put it on here. It says, we should keep on encouraging each other to be thoughtful and to do helpful things. Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship. But we must not do that. Look at your name and say, we must not do that. No, we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. So coming to church should not be an option. Coming to church should be a necessity. I'm going to say, let me say it on this side. Coming to church should not be an option. Coming to church needs to be a necessity. Thank you for that. Amen. I'm going to say it over here until they give me one. I said, coming to church should not be an option. Coming to church should be a necessity. Amen. amen. Now, I'm going to say it right here in the middle until y'all get it. Because I didn't stop y'all from saying amen with them, but you didn't say it. Coming to church should not be an option. Coming to church should be a necessity. Amen. amen. And when you treat it that way, here's the problem. We have more reverence for our jobs than we do church. Amen. We will go to we will go to work sick. <laughs> Need that check. <laughs> but when it comes to church, oh, I'm not feeling good. The Lord understands. <laughs> or don't feel good at all. You're not sick. You're just not feeling it. But you make yourself go anyway to work. How many have gone to work and you didn't feel it at all? Let me see your hand. Didn't feel it. I mean, you just didn't feel it, but you went anyway. Well, see, that's faith in your job. Why can't you have the same faith for church? I may not feel good, but I'm a, I, I'm no, I don't walk by my feelings. I walk by faith. So attending church is one way that we grow internally. Here's another way. We grow internally here at Word of Truth by attending and completing our starting point classes. See, we, we have a, a, a trail that if you follow the trail, you can grow spiritually. And let me tell you something. 
you can get to a point spiritually. The Bible says that you can train your senses, meaning your flesh. You can train your senses to be able to discern both good and evil. You can get to a point where even your senses, your emotions, your flesh knows if something is right or wrong. Amen. You can meet somebody and just shake their hand and be like, oh, no, I can't get with them. Here's another way that we grow internally. Through small group gatherings. We have true, true group season coming up. We don't do this, y'all, just to say we did it. We have small groups because we know biblically you can't grow like you need to as an individual without gathering in a small group. Let me say something about this. You can learn in this big room, but you're going to grow in a smaller room. Amen. Small group. Let's go to Acts chapter 12. I need to hurry up. Acts chapter 12. And I know this is basic stuff, but see... Sometimes you will never exceed your potential if you don't start with the basics. Amen. Look, you can learn how to shoot like Stephon Curry all day, but if you can't dribble to get down there to make the shot, you ain't no good. They ain't going to just let you run around the court and they just throw it to you every time. You're going to have to learn how to dribble. Those are the basics. So what I want to show you with this example is that the church was meeting in a small group. And I want you to see what happened. In Acts chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to trouble the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread. And when he apprehended him and put Peter in prison, he delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending that after Easter, that's the only word time the word Easter was used, to bring him forth to the people. Watch verse 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But watch what it says. But what, class? Come on, class. Come on, class. But prayer was being made without ceasing from the church unto God for him. Who was praying? Who was praying? The church. Watch this, verse 6. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter, hit him on the side, and said, Hey, get up, rise quickly. And the chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said to him, gird yourself up, put on your sound. I mean, Peter was comfortable, wasn't he? Sleep, ain't got no shoes on. Put on your sandals, put on your garment and follow me, verse 9. And he went out and followed him and he did not know that it was true. In other words, he thought it was a dream, but he thought it was a vision, verse 10. And when they both passed the first and the second ward, they came to the iron gate that led him to the city, which opened of them on its own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street and fought with the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he says, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angels and has delivered me out of the hands of Herod. Watch verse 12. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the what class? Come on, class. Come on, class. 
Where did Peter go? To a house. Well, let's see what was going on in that house. He came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together. What were they doing? This is the church that it says on the front end of this, what we read. It says, and the church was praying for Peter. Well, where were they praying for Peter? At Mary's them house. This was a small group praying. Let's see what happened. And Peter knocked at the door of the gate and a damsel, a young lady came to the gate named Rhoda. Now, I didn't keep, can can y'all keep doing to the next verse? Uh, Because I want to show you Rhoda's reaction. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but she ran in and told how Peter was standing outside. She left him outside. (laughs) Now, you know what? Just do my my cultural imagination. I think Rhoda was black. I, I, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. First of all, who names your kid Rhoda? Who does that? Who does that? And then secondly, she was so excited, she left him outside. But maybe she went in there to tell her mama she had company because her mama told her to open the door for no strangers, right? But anyway, I wanted you to see that prayer was taking place by the church, but it wasn't at a church service. It was at a small group meeting. And some miracles can take place in small groups if you'll just go. Amen. Here's the next one. We're going to show Christ externally. These are ways in which you connect here at Word of Truth Family Church. One of the ways is that we're going to show Christ externally. And the way we do that is we connect with groups to serve internally. This is why we encourage people to get involved. This is not going to feel like your church if you're not doing nothing. Have you ever went over your house, went over, uh, somebody came over your house, let's say company. Let's say it was a funeral, you know, and so the repast was at your house. And so, you know, they see you working hard and cooking and cleaning and and all these dirty pots are piling up and ain't nobody asking you to help to do nothing. And everybody eat and get full and burp, burp, and then they just go home. Nobody asks you to help or nothing. Wouldn't that make you kind of feel some type of way? Well, that's what a lot of people do at church. They come inside, they get a meal, they get fed by Pastor Evan or whoever's up here, They get full and they burp. And then they go home. But what happened to all the the chairs that got unstraightened? What happened to all the tissue and the candy wrappers that people left on the floor? What happened that the the children's area is now messed up? We got to sanitize all the stuff that the kids play on. We don't let your kids play on germy stuff. So who's going to clean it up? Who's going to clean up all the pots and the stuff in the Sunrise Cafe? You know, it's just like going over somebody's house and eating and not doing nothing. Now look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to me. Now look at him again and say, but he's talking to you though. We're going to show Christ externally by, con- by serving internally. Then we're going we're gonna to show Christ externally by letting our light shine externally. That's how you let your light so shine before men. And then we're going to go share in Christ globally. I'm out of time, so I'm not going to expand on that one. But how do we go share in Christ 
externally or globally. We do that through outreach and missions. And this is why we're having missions. And this is why we do outreach. It's like in December, we did an outreach and we connected with Dallas. Why? Because we want to be a well-rounded church. So watch this. We have opportunities for you to connect so that you can discover what God has put on the inside of you to do and to be. There are so many different opportunities. And let me say this. Some of you will not discover what God's blessed you to do until you connect. I did not know that I was gifted with the gift of administration till I got involved with a church that I was a part of. I didn't know. And it was through my organizing of different things that they saw and I saw that, man, I'm gifted to administrate. But I never would have discovered that. Had I not connected. Now, 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 don't mix connecting like with your job. Because, see, you can be educated to do one thing in your job. And God has gifted you to do something totally different in the kingdom. And there are some people you need to connect. So True Group is coming up. Who has been a part of True Group before? Raise your hand. You've been a part of Okay. All right, good. Uh, sign up. Sign up because that's where you grow. Amen. If you came to the funeral, you saw the different flavors of Pastor Evans' family. Different flavors. Like ice cream, different ones. But being in that small group has helped me grow. Amen. Because you don't know you're growing until you got to. See, you don't know you're growing until you want to cut somebody out and you don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. My, my sister told the people, we, we told her about it two minutes. My sister got up there and said, Don't you play. I'm the oldest. And nobody's going to stop me from saying what I need to say today. Nobody's giving me two minutes. It was a growth moment for me. But I grew in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. With every head bowed. Father, the word has been ministered. Let us see the necessity of connecting to the body, connecting to your church, connecting to the people. And Father, those who may feel isolated today, they may feel alone, I pray in Jesus' name that they'll act on what they heard. They'll go and sign up because you have different people in different places to bring the encouragement we need in Jesus' name. If you're here today, here's my question. With every head bowed. If you die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Because if you're not, I want to pray for you.